Welcome to So Tell Me What You Do. I'm Amy Hutto, a life coach who works with small business owners to stop the overwhelm and get to clarity. And if we talked, you'd know that what I love most in the world is learning all about other people's work, why they just have to do that thing they do. So join me as we talk to a different small business owner, entrepreneur, creative, or nonprofit leader each week so they can tell me and you what they do. Hi guys, Amy here with a quick note before we get started. As you all know, there's a first time for everything, including podcasting. When you listen to this first episode, you'll hear a few stray pen clicks. It's a lesson learned. I'll ask my class to turn in their pens before the next episode, but it's worth hearing a few clicks to get to Mary's insights. Thanks. Hi. There we go. (laughs) Well, you, you told me to try to break it. You did a great job. This is perfect. I've learned all the ways. <laughs> so why don't you introduce yourself first? Yeah. So I'm Mary Getz. I am the founder and principal consultant for Message Marketing. We are a small but growing direct response marketing firm that gets to work with nonprofits to help them do their fundraising and marketing. For those of us who don't know, what is direct response marketing? Ooh, good question. So direct response is the part of marketing that's all about sort of asking one person to do one thing. So that's when you get a coupon in like product terms, that's direct marketing. But when we're talking about nonprofits, it tends to be fundraising. So when a nonprofit asks you for something, whether that's an opportunity to volunteer or to do an advocacy action or to make a donation, and then you respond and they track all of that information, that's direct response marketing. So inside that world, tell me what it is you do. Uh, Inside that world. So we sort of specifically work with nonprofits and we work with their development departments and their advocacy departments and their communications departments to help them. Sometimes it's adding capacity. So they just don't have the capacity to run the campaigns that they need to. And so we do that. And that means that we write strategy, we figure out the message, we figure out the best way to ask for whatever it is they're asking for. Um, And then we can execute that. So we create emails um, from the code all the way to hitting the button to press go. Um, We run ads on a wide variety of platforms like Facebook or those display ads that follow you around the internet, TikTok ads, ads on, you know, that you might see on your Roku TV. So those closed CCTV, OTT type ads um, to help the nonprofits reach all the people they could possibly reach. And what made you start doing this work? In some ways, I kind of fell into it um, because I was good at the different pieces of it. I came with sort of a weird background when I started out into the professional world. I was a chemistry and political science double major and went to Washington, D.C., thinking that I wanted to be a communications person. But the folks in that office sort of observed where I was where I was interning, sort of um, observed some of the things that I was good at and was like, you should go talk to these people over here. And it turned out to be a political fundraising committee. And so I learned fundraising with them, but it also turned out that sort of like my background with chemistry has been almost more useful in all of this than um, the political science, because it came down to, I'm really good at managing data, um, at creating spreadsheets and databases. Um, 
at doing math and analysis, um, which really is the foundation at the end of the day for direct response marketing. Um, we do a lot of creative, but it's all underpinned with data. And how did you know it was time to run your own company? <laughs> oh. uh, well, in some ways, I got pushed out of the nest because uh, I was part of a layoff at a software company, as is all too common these And that gave me the space to wonder where I really wanted to work. Um, I had bounced through several other agencies and I had seen things that I really liked about working in agencies. And I'd seen things that mm, I didn't really like so much, but I never thought that I would start my own because I had sort of that weird sense that like having a job was some kind of security. And I think getting laid off honestly sort of freed up my mind to understand like I can, I can get laid off. Like having, having a salary job doesn't mean that I have job security. Um, and so if I'm not going to have job security, why not do it my way? Um, and so, and that, and that really kind of what it was, what it was like, it, you know, before I was trading, having to do it someone else's way and follow someone else's rules and accept someone else's clients in a trade-off for what I thought was security. And so when I realized that there was, that was not an equal trade-off, um, it made it a lot easier to build my own business so that I could work with the clients that I wanted to work with. I could build the culture that I wanted to build, that I could hire the staff that I wanted to hire and we could do it our way. So what is the thing you love most about it now that it's yours? Mm. It's maybe three things. So, so one thing is getting to choose the clients that we want to work with. I just, I have like this vivid memory of being in a, a room at another agency and uh, an RFP had come in and there were five of us vice presidents sitting around a table trying to decide if we were going to respond to the RFP or not. And I deeply, desperately wanted to reply to this RFP, but my, but digital was only one component of it. So I had to get the other vice presidents on board. And ultimately they told me it was too woo-woo. Client was, um, in, they were in the transcendental meditation space. And I was trying to explain to them that this is not woo-woo anymore. Like this is, it's, it's working in schools, it's changing behaviors, there's all of this research behind it. This isn't woo-woo anymore. This is like going mainline. And like we have a huge opportunity to make a big difference and really move this forward. And I was outvoted five to one. And so one of the things that I like now is like, I will not be in that position again. Like if I have the opportunity to bid on that contract again, I will bid on and, and get to have fun doing it, you know, as opposed to a client that I might not be as excited about and get voluntold, you know? Um, I think the second piece is that I'm really enjoying building my team, up and coming talent, I am also really, really loving getting to build my team, um, bringing in a, a group of super smart people who are at different places in their career and developing people's skills and talents at all of these different levels um, to enable them to better serve our clients and then to um, take their work to the next level in ways that's meaningful for them and um, good and useful for the company. And there was a third one, and I don't remember what that was anymore. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But it sounds like ultimately what they boil down to is getting to be in alignment with your values. Yeah. You know, we, all the decisions. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think one of the things that makes us really different. And so it's things like we have a unlimited leave policy. And there's a lot of articles out there that, you know, unlimited leave policies are really a tricky thing because nobody feels like they can take their leave. But in our company, it's actually a regular check-in. Have you scheduled vacation time? Have you scheduled a long weekend? When When is your seven, you know, when is your full seven days out of the office going to happen? And so it is, so it is both a generous policy and it is an enforced policy for us. Um, so it's it's not on the, the women whimsy of it not happening. The culture is actually focused on it happening rather than making people feel like they can't take you know, so things like popping into my mind right now are things that search is not going to drive, is not a top of funnel tactic. Search is a, is a bottom of funnel tactic. So if no one has ever heard of you, it is going to be very, very hard to generate traffic and leads and conversions from search alone. That's a great tip. So what if nobody has ever heard from you? Where should you be focused? Uh, you should be focused on things like social media, on display advertising, on public relations, um, building your building your file in other ways, leveraging the contacts that you already have to be able to get the word out about who you are and what you do. That has to you have to you have to build up a little bit of momentum before search can do its job for you, really. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on in the moment. But what's your eternal challenge, the one everybody runs up against? I think that it's probably not thinking about taking care of their file, whether that's their email file or their fundraising file, until it's in trouble. I was talking to a client yesterday and they were wanting to understand like what, what did it take to, to take care of their email file? Cause I had sort of told them that they needed to have a, a point person whose you know, goal in life was making sure that their email file was healthy. And they were like, what, what does this take? And I'm like, well, an email file is kind of like a puppy, you know, it, it requires care and feeding and attention to its health. And you have to do it every day and all the time and be consistent or you're going to have problems. And uh, so we talked about feeding it. Uh, we talked about training it. Uh, we talked about watching it for symptoms. So you knew whether you needed to take it to the vet <laughs> or whether it just needed some, you know, extra TLC at home. Um, because what I see happen most often is that people think that once they once they have a list of names, that that list of names is never going to go away, that it's like a static, concrete asset to their organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, is that a file is like an organism. If it has to be, it has to be fed and it has to be growing. And if it's not growing, it's dying. And if it's dying, then essentially your organization is dying because you're losing a primary mechanism for fundraising and engagement and advocacy and all of the things that, that you that you need to grow as a nonprofit. So your list is really just a representative of your relationship with your clients who are real people. Yes. 
that's that's exactly it okay so when it gets really frustrating yeah what are the moments that make you fall in love with it all over again and come back you know honestly like getting to take a break from the client work and do something like train one of my staff people I will admit I bopped out of a meeting that I was supposed to be in because I had started training um, one of our, our staff people and we had like 30 minutes on the calendar and it turned out that we really needed 90 minutes. And about 45 minutes into it, I realized that I was 15 minutes late for the meeting that I was probably supposed to be going to. <laughs> um, but I checked in and I had other people that were covering the meeting and, uh, and being able to say, you know what, my staff can cover that meeting and I can keep doing this training, which is really fun because... My person is like really getting it. They're diving in. They're seeing how what they're learning in this one frame can apply to several other pieces of work that they're doing. And, um, and so we kept doing it. We gave it the whole 90 minutes. And it was a really good way to end my day with something fun and engaging and hopeful uh, as opposed to sometimes client meetings maybe end a little less than hopeful some days. Well, and it sounds like you also have built this team that affirms your ability to be free to choose the highest value task at any moment. Yes. Yes. That is an excellent observation. So who is it that you really wish you could reach with your efforts? Reach with our efforts from... uh like on behalf of our clients or like from us as a business perspective, or you're trying to get me to answer that question myself. <laughs> you're trying to get me to answer that question myself. So I can say, I mean, one of the things for us right now in the, the growth phase that we are as a business, that's been um, sort of interesting and frustrating. I mean, I'm one of those people, like I've started building this machine and I know that it will go 125 miles an hour on flat open track without any problem. But uh, I have yet to sell that to like the industry, right? So they see us as like the new kid who's maybe just taking off its training wheels. And I'm like, no, really, we can go really fast and far. So it's been hard to get into some of the larger RFP processes for sort of moving into the midsize and, and larger contracts that we'd really like to start working on. And we spend a lot of time getting project work where we're fixing problems that are created by other agencies. So another agency will, you know, create a technical error and we'll get a call from the client being, oh my God, we don't know how to fix this. The agency can't fix it. Mary, do you know how to fix this? And I'm like, yeah, we can fix that. No problem. But we're, we're spending a lot of time fixing other people's errors and not able to get in and do it right the first time. So like, I would really, yeah, I, I would, I, you know, we, and we've come a long way from, you know, doing a lot of subcontracting in the early days to now we are getting a lot more of our own direct clients, but we're still getting this fix our problems. And I know that the next phase is that we're going to start getting into these and, and we're doing, you know, a variety of different, it's not a passive thing. We're doing efforts to, to get out there and, and we're going to move into that next phase, but I'm ready to be in the next phase. And so for me, that's really hard, like to, to not quite be there yet, to know that we could do it, to know that, you know, if I needed to staff up to like 15, 20, 30 people, that I have people out there that I could tap that I know would come 
and join our team and would build a strong company culture together. Um, I just need the work to be able to do that. Yeah, I hear that clear urgency for it's time, it's time, it's time. Yeah. (laughs) So what is your one takeaway from doing this work? One takeaway from doing this work. I think that... I think that my takeaway is that we can run an agency differently. And it was a theory when I started, but I have a staff and I'm making payroll and we're getting new clients and we can say, we can not just say that we have to be well to do good, but we can actually implement that in the context of our business model. Um, I was a vice president at, at an agency several years ago running my own digital department and the president asked me, you know, what my goals were for the department. And I said um, that I want my department to be human sustainable as well as revenue positive for you. I was like, so I know that you want it to be revenue positive. I want it to be human sustainable. And he was like, what does that mean? And I was like, that means that I don't want to churn through staff. I want to make sure that we're billing appropriately for the work that we're doing so that we can not run a sweatshop (laughs) so that we can, you know, run a human sustainable business. And he was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, that we're giving you a bonus based on the, based on the gross profit. Right. (laughs) And I was like, I I understand that that's what you're giving me a bonus based on. I'm giving me a bonus based on like how my staff can function because that's important. And, um, well, I'm not a vice president there anymore. So clearly that wasn't a good fit for the company culture. Um, but that's one of those things where, you know, I learned what what didn't work in other places, but that I wanted to make work in mine. Well, and you proved the concept. Yeah. You've proven to yourself that you don't have to run a business the way other people run it. Exactly. If we have something aligned, you can run it your way and mm-hmm. make work. Mary, you've been such a good sport. I really appreciate you sharing all your insights about digital marketing and everything you do. Um, where can people find out about your company? Yeah, so our website's really easy. It's mesg.marketing. No comms, no anything else. It's just us, message marketing, mesg.marketing. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. If you felt inspired by what you heard today, I encourage you to take the first step towards that thing you feel called to do. If you need some help gaining clarity on that vision, reach out. The world needs more people to do the thing they love most, and that includes you.